This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Do you know where to find the perfect candidate? ZipRecruiter finds candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Right now, listeners can post jobs for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash first. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first. Today's show is also sponsored by Tracker. Make losing things a thing of the past. Pair Tracker to your smartphone, attach it to anything, and find its precise location with the tap of a button. Go to thetracker.com right now and enter the promo code BADCHRISTIAN for your free Tracker Bravo with any order. That's thetracker.com, promo code BADCHRISTIAN. And finally, today's show is sponsored by Wondery. Have you ever seen a scrap of paper or a note on the floor? Well... That's what the Found podcast is all about. They take random things they find on the ground and try to solve the mysteries behind them. Go listen to the newest episode of Found and subscribe to it wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, the podcast is called Found, F-O-U-N-D. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, a little bit of a different show today. Joey is out of town on a pastor's conference retreat, and we look forward to seeing him next week. But... Interestingly, Toby is in Seattle and is here in studio, which is awesome. And even better yet, Mike Herrera from MXPX just took the ferry over from Bremerton, and we got to sat, sit down in person, me, Toby, and Mike, and uh, do a whole straight podcast in real time, uh, conversational, and it's very fun, and I think you're going to really get a kick out of it. So you're just going to drop right into our conversation, and you can hear that there. Uh, Toby and I have a show tonight. It, Matt, that's why he's in town, and we got Emory shows we want you to go find out about, so go to emorymusic.com to see that. And what else is going on? I, I've been meaning to tell y'all, please go check out my other podcast. It's called Break It Down. You can find that, obviously, anywhere you get podcasts. And uh, I would love to have more people check that out. I know we have a lot of new listeners to this show. So in case you didn't know it, I've got another podcast. It's called Break It Down. Uh, what else do I want to tell you today? I think that's about it. You'll have to forgive the difference in the format. And I think you'll like it. We'll have some- Oh, let me show how stupid I am. Okay. Thanks, Toby. All right, here we go. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. The first time I heard Roadside Monument, Matt Johnson's playing drums with Matt and Toby tonight at uh, at the show. I can remember the first time I heard Roadside Monument, Joey showed it to me, and I thought, this is by far the worst music I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) The singing was so bad, because I'm a singer, and I was like, this is so bad. Like, I just could not understand. I'd never heard anything like it. So my only thought of it was, this has to be horrible. And then, like, but there was something about it. Same way with Zayo. First time I heard Zayo, I thought, this is the stupidest, dumbest uh-huh. thing that you could do. What in the world would you scream for? What are you doing? You must be, you must have no talent, and so you're doing this. But there was just this weird little thing, even like with Roadside Mind, I was like, wait a minute, there's something here, though. Like, I, I'd never experienced, all I'd ever known was, like, really radio music. Yeah. Like, I never heard anything like that. Like, if you sang poorly, like, the worst singer I ever heard was uh, Bob, uh, what's his face? Uh, who's the, Bob Dylan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah. Right? Bob Dylan had just a terrible voice to me, and I was like, oh, what are you saying? And, you know, I just always thought, no, 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 no. Because I grew up on, like, R&B stuff. Like, I didn't even know this stuff existed. But I guess, like, when you were doing MXPX, did you only listen to stuff that wasn't on the radio? Like, did you listen to pop music? I listened to... No, I listened to pop music. I mean, I, I grew up listening to the Beatles. 
Huey Lewis in the news. Oh, That's about as pop as it can get. I, I mean, love Huey. But uh, he's got a lot of deepness to his voice. I always talk about Huey if I can. Really? <laughs> Power <laughs> Love, hip, yeah. hip to Be Square. Is, all those songs. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. Gosh, they were so good. I had that album four, I think is what it was called or whatever. It had so many hits on it. It was yeah. so good. I mean, I was just jamming today. I was uh, just jamming the radio and Metallica, you know, came on and it was uh, Inner Sandman. Uh-huh. And I was taking my daughter to the doctor and and I turn it, I go, check out this song. It's a super heavy, <laughs> old, old metal song. But see if you like the guitars. And I just like turned it up loud and she was rocking out. Because she doesn't really listen to that kind of music often. It's mostly Disney stuff, stuff from the cartoon, movies, all that. So it's all super pop, Justin Timberlake and and whatever. That's the equivalent of when... I was in the car with my parents. It was Beatles or stuff like that that they used to listen to, which was aggressive, yeah. aggressive music to them. And so I play, had to play Metallica or whatever for my <laughs> yeah. kids. That's the same thing. It's like yeah. all that old people music, like my parents like, like Metallica, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. know, isn't that sad that it's old people music now? It's really funny thinking back to it, too. I guess my dad, how did, who introduced you to hard music? I think it was my dad. Kurt Cobain. I mean, that was first. You found it on your own. It wasn't like it wasn't like an older sibling, or or you didn't have an older sibling with kids. I mean, that's all that ever happened. I mean, the only thing that makes it down to a kid, it has to be pop and mainstream to ever get down to a kid, unless you have a weird. Yeah, but how did you you figure out you like Nirvana? Because it was crazy. I've never heard anything like that before. See, like for me, all I ever thought was like I only listened to exclusively like Fifty Soul and then like R and B, like Jodeci, you know, in the nineties and stuff like like that. Stuff was just oh, I loved it so much. And then I can remember hearing Nirvana, and everybody was like losing their mind. I was like, I don't understand. Like I felt on the outs, so I forced myself to listen to it because all the cool people were listening to it, and I was like, oh, I guess I have to. But then I was able to. That's why even like when I heard Roadside Monument or anything, I just I didn't get I didn't get MXPX. I remember when, I went, did, when the first time you heard of MXPX. Okay, I had never heard of you guys. I didn't like I said I did not know growing up in South Carolina. I didn't know it existed. I went to this Christian college that used to be the Baptist College of Charleston. They changed it to Charleston Southern, and the people there thought I was kind of the edgy or on the outside for some reason. I think because I was partying, smoking weed, and all this stuff. So they were trying to get me <laughs> saved. They were, they thought you got to get saved, right? Yeah. And they thought, well, you don't listen. At this point, I'd listen to. To, you know the, the stuff I listened to was probably Nirvana or Stone Temple Pilots, and so I can remember a guy going, "Hey, listen, you need to listen to this." And he gave me a tape, and it was you guys, and, and that was the first time I was and like, it was "Wait, used to be no. missional to you?" Yes, it was used to be missional <laughs> nice, for me, and they did that because, of course, at the time, like I liked Green Day and stuff like that. You know what I mean, like yeah, or, or yeah. whatever. Uh, you <laughs> oh, know. so you'll like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So this is yeah, this is, yeah. You don't listen to Green Day. <laughs> listen to MXPX and. Once again, I was like, I don't know it because it sounded different than than Green Day, though. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I, w- I was actually able to hear the difference. I don't think they were. They were thinking of it gospel. Yeah, it didn't matter about your music. You guys were Christians, right? Right. So it didn't matter. And I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't sound like Green Day. This is a little bit like harder or a little some uh, rougher around the edges or something. This is kind of cool. Like th- I didn't understand. I just thought pop punk was something that's super catchy and real slick. You know what I mean? And I got a tape, and I was like, wait a minute, this sounds like different. And I was able to hear the sound, so it kind of opened up me up to the music. It had the opposite effect. Like, y'all did not save me. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get saved by your music, but I, I actually liked music better after that. <laughs> good, good. Both good. <laughs> was it? Is it a? Was it a bummer for you to know that in the days that MXPX was was doing really well, that there was a good percentage of people that were just buying it and consuming it? Just because it was safe and didn't even necessarily respect the good art that it was. 
Were you no. aware of that at the Dude, time, even, I, or what? I don't know if I was aware of that at the time, but I'm certainly aware of that now, and 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 became aware of that as we toured through the through the country. Um, our first tour was, you know, with Matt Johnson on drums with uh-huh. Blenderhead. Blenderhead, and yeah. um, I think he even played drums for Don't Know. He played in a lot of bands mm-hmm. back yeah. in the day. So, yeah, I mean, we kind of just discovered all that as we went. And no, of course, at the time it wasn't a big deal, and and. Now, I, I think it's cool. Whatever. I mean, when, when y'all started, did y'all have to play a lot of Christian market stuff, or did y'all get big enough quickly where you were out on the road outside of the church? Uh, we did both. We did both, but we definitely did all like played a ton of churches. And back, you know, when we were doing our local shows in town here in Bremerton or Seattle, um, it was mixed then. You know, sometimes it'd be a church show or a house show. Yeah. And it just depended on who's playing. So we rented a church that. Uh, in Silverdale, Washington, which is kind of like right down the street from where we went to high school. I have no idea why we went there. It was just like available. It was like a space. We had, nobody was associated with that place or anything. So, so most of the time it was probably associated with a band guy or somebody that wanted to bring the bands to, to the church or to the space. And every now and then we just ended up at churches because it's kind of yeah. what we knew a little bit. Okay. Sorry to interrupt the conversation here, but we've got a you know, give a little love to some really good sponsors that we have. And this one in particular is ZipRecruiter. They're a very cool company and they're here to help you if you're hiring or if you're trying to find the best candidates to work at your place, or maybe you need to tell your boss about ZipRecruiter because the people, your coworkers are no good. Well, find some better ones with ZipRecruiter. You can post your job across all the top job sites with ZipRecruiter. In fact, over 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter. And you can do this all with a single click. So you'll find candidates in any city or any industry nationwide. You just post one time, and you will find qualified candidates just roll right in through ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. So this way, you won't have to juggle a bunch of emails and take, how about this? You don't have to take a bunch of phone calls to your office of people asking about the position. You'll be able to quickly screen who, the people that come in through ZipRecruiter. You'll be able to rate them and you'll be able to hire the right person fast and get back to work with your new great staff. So find out today why ZipRecruiter has already been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses too. Here's the best part. Our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash first. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash first. But like you said before we started rolling here, that was totally a different lifetime ago. Like you're not the same person. The world wasn't anywhere (laughs) close to the same. But here, I mean, you're still doing the same thing that you were doing at that time. And that's got to be true. You couldn't even post about that show online because online didn't exist. Right. Yeah. (laughs) 25 years. That's that's right. Uh, MXPX is doing... Uh, basically a string of shows all throughout this year celebrating 25 years yeah. as a band that's amazing and uh, it all comes down to July 6th that's a Thursday coming up this summer we're going to do a big VIP event in Bremerton but uh, tickets are on sale for our July 7 and 8 shows uh-huh. in Seattle here at the Showbox so that'll be that's going to be amazing the, the big events for us uh, of course our friends Five Iron Frenzy are going to be there and also Slick Shoes so one each yeah. night? One each night, yeah. So five iron Friday night. And that's going to sell out first. And, and uh, the, the shows are actually about 75% sold. 
so it's getting there. It's um, go quick. We'll push them over the edge yeah. by the time this airs. I hope yeah. so. Do it. That'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> buy them tickets. Uh, yeah, it blows me away every time people buy tickets. It's like, really? Yeah. Wow, people still, okay, cool, awesome, Well, think awesome. of Matt, picture your 50 here. It's yeah. going to be wild. Yeah. <laughs> roll us out there. Like, yeah, you roll out yeah. on a wheelchair. <laughs> Y'all ready to rock? <laughs> so, the, but, so, it's so different. Like, do you even identify with the, what were you, 16 doing those shows before? Uh, like that? Uh, no, no, no. I was a little older because I started MXPX when I was 15, 16. Uh-huh. We didn't really start touring until 95. Uh-huh. And so that's three years in. We we had one album out, Poconatcha, came out our senior year of high school. And I would just walk down the halls and not to say anything to anybody. So... Just like, I don't think it's good enough to tell people yet, you know? <laughs> well, a lot of people love that album. But I mean, like Toby and I, I didn't. I was, would have been 18 years old. When, this is probably true. It's very, as close as I can know to be true is when I was uh, 18 years old, somebody told me that MXPX existed. And that I should listen to it, but I didn't even. But I just remember seeing the 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 characters MXPX and thinking this is weird. I've never heard of it, and somebody knows about it because again, all this was radio. And they yeah. told me you should listen to it. And that moment was the first time I'd ever heard of that or Tooth and Nail or legitimately that moment is also the first moment I ever knew of the existence of indie. Period. Yeah. In any way. Or show anything like no, didn't even. It wasn't like I know there's this music that I'm not into. I didn't know it existed as a, as an adult. And you already had albums out and were, you know. But yeah, it's yeah, crazy. yeah. What year did Poconatchik come out? Poconatchik came out in ninety four. Ninety four. That's crazy. That's the tape that I got. And yeah. how crazy? You, wait, you were walking down the halls and you, of your high school and you had yeah, an album that, out. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and that album, that tape, made it to me in college. That's right. And you were here, and, Carolina, and you were yeah. you didn't even want to tell your friends that yeah, you had. Yeah, her. yeah, it was at high school, <laughs> and I had I, it in yeah. another state, three thousand miles away. I mean, That's so, crazy. Yeah. I mean, literally, your music was the first thing that I ever heard of that that even knew of indie music, which blows my mind to even think about. But what what I'm kind of curious about is what I just don't understand how that could feel to you being that age and still being doing that now. Like, is is there some part of you that feels like you've been doing this for so long like does it, do you think you missed out on other stuff of being a, a, a grown-up that wasn't a famous rock star right. like you weren't ever a 20 year old that wasn't famous i mean do you, yeah. you ever think about in those in those terms i mean from high school you've been mike from mxpx right, right. So you've been right. mike from mxpx before you ever like had, probably had much of a girlfriend or a broken heart or a job i mean like hey, well, I had plenty of girlfriends, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Every now and then, I do think about it. It's a trip out, but at the time, I felt I feel like it's not that I had so much confidence. I mean, there, I think I did have obviously enough confidence to go out there and try, but I always, when I failed or did bad at you know on stage or something like that, I always would just be resilient like really quickly bounce back i wouldn't let uh, a big failure sort of stop me or slow even slow me down and and in some ways that's really great and in other ways it sort of allowed me to like not deal with some things that i should have spent more time like what well for me it could be fundamentals of music uh Uh singing being a better singer being a better uh, bass player and i feel like now even though i don't practice near as as much as i used to now I 
have a little bit more of a mindfulness when I do practice. Okay, this is what I need to accomplish. Back in the day, it was um, I had that the young thing where you're just going just, as fast yeah. as you can, and that sort of propelled me through those I don't know those swampy areas. Yeah, and why did you need to be much better? Because you were killing it. And like you don't have to worry about any YouTubes <laughs> coming out of your bad shows. Right, right. right. Yeah. You're safe. I would legit think in my mind, like when we had a bad show on tour, and this is, you know, this could have happened last year, it could have happened 15 years ago. Uh-huh. It just from time to time happens when we have a bad show, I think we can't ever come back to this town. Mm. Nobody's ever going to, yeah. nobody's ever going to come back and buy tickets. And the thing is, it's just those people, for one, are very forgiving. You know, your fans are very forgiving when you really screw something up. Yeah. I mean, I was at a loss. We were in, in, we did a couple nights sold out at this tiny little place called the back booth in Orlando, yeah, Florida. Yeah. And it's tiny. And yeah, the first show tiny. went great. And okay, cool. You know, second show, my bass amp melted down everything. My wireless busted, like everything you could imagine broke on my bass rig. And I was just like, what do I do? <laughs> like, it was one of those moments where I thought, I can't ever come back to Orlando. And we've played, you know, so many times in Orlando. Yeah, and right. everything's been cool. But it's just that one bad time. Well, people understand when your gear breaks down, but if your gear breaks down, you are a mess. And then That's you're the not really as good. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if the mic goes out in the first two songs and there's feedback and stuff and you're angry and you're trying to get your bearings, you're not going to be good the rest of the show because you're embarrassed and frustrated. And you're not doing, you know, your performance after that probably suffers too, which yeah, is I think the worst so. part. Because people, of course, forgive technical stuff. Yeah. But I've gotten a lot better at turning it around really quickly. If anything technical happens or I, I can, that's the funny thing I was saying is I've been really good at bouncing back mentally it's not necessarily the same way on stage right so that's something yeah. that i've struggled with over the years but finally maybe we're just getting better at at having good gear like we oh, we, we, oh, we bought a bunch of new gear finally <laughs> we're just knowing how to not <laughs> walk into a trap of how you know you know what's important and yeah. what's good and, and the gear i think people gravitate towards over time is more reliable gear instead of flashy features yeah. and stuff like that kind of thing so that probably goes away i've been digging it really lately um because we do podcasting all the time so i'm talking right now live to a bunch of people and i'm seconds away from putting my foot in my mouth or saying something stupid that's both people can observing in real time and is permanent if they want to make fun of it or whatever or you're on stage for some big giant amount of people and then that's recorded on youtube where i have a guitar fail that's on a compilation of guitar fails oh, yeah. for instance <laughs> so and that's just whatever so yeah. it's okay but it's out there and it's embarrassing <laughs> but so now when we do something small like say we're doing a vip or an in-store and there's 20 people there and it goes super poorly i'd get the biggest kick out of the fact like well, screw those 20 people. It doesn't matter. It's just 20 people. It's like, they, well, that's not going to hurt me as bad as a fail at a giant show or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. if you just, or even in personal life, if I screw up a conversation at a party, I'm like, well, let's eight people. I feel <laughs> I like most people, most people are the opposite, actually. I think most people feel like, especially musicians, other musicians I talk to, it's easier to, to play to a bigger crowd rather than an yep. intimate crowd because you don't have to look them in the eyes. You know, you yeah, just like, true. it's just this wash of people like, okay, hello, Philadelphia or whatever. That's true. So the, uh, you have the opposite sort of. Well, reaction. it's just, I do the math part of it and say, the well, math, that's yeah. eight people. 
Yeah, that's that. They might tell some people that I've messed up, <laughs> so it's just not as bad right. of an effect. Well, I think too, when it. you're with a smaller group, for me, I can talk to them and go, yeah. "I just messed up." Yeah, it's like, easier you know to I mean? cover yeah. that way. Too, I think yeah. too. I'm the same way though with gear stuff. When it messes up, it is so frustrating me because I go from performance to tech. Uh, all of a sudden, like, how can I mode, fix yeah. this? If I can fix it, I can get back maybe or something, but then I never do. And, and I, I have a real problem with that. Like, if our gear and stuff starts messing up, I get so frustrated. I just want the show to get done. Like, I just yeah. want to get through yeah, the rest of it because it. I'm like, this. it's not even a show anymore. It's just this stupid thing messed up, and I, I can't – it's just supposed to – assist me in performing and it can't even do that and there's no what you can't you can't if you punch an amp it doesn't feel it you know you can't you don't get any satisfaction you know what i mean like (laughs) you can't get revenge on yeah yeah like i I want to like make that amp pay oh really you screwed me now watch this but the amp doesn't care that's why the microphone yeah that's funny toby got in a fight a passive aggressive fight with a sound guy one time in minneapolis from stage during the set which that at least you can get him which you did you took it out on him during the set tell him that it was the minneapolis when you tell uh, it was the uh, what did I say to him? That's what I was trying to remember. We he, we just had a bunch of problems getting on stage, and the sound guy was being a dick, kind of, and it was just this problem and that problem, oh, yeah. problems. Oh, it was like it was not going well during changeover and setup and all that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, we got two songs in. It was like can you turn this up? It was just wasn't like. The guy was a dickhead. Happening. Sound yeah. guys are very often dickheads. You know that, right? Oh, local sound experience. guys. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah it's just something. Yeah, it's just something in their mentality that. They just they wind up being jerks often. Not all the time, of course, but a lot of sound guys have a chip on their shoulder. I find, but so then this guy had that, and to- I'm sure they were just they were kind of back and forth, this passive aggressive for a little bit. And, uh, and then-, t- then Toby was like, uh, after the second song or whatever, he said, "I want to thank all you guys for coming out and everything. I, I want to thank the sound guy for doing such an awesome job and this or that, whatever." And the sound guys they're mixing this in our second yeah. song. He's sitting there mixing, puts his middle finger up in the air. He's shooting Toby a bird. I while- said it really sarcastic. I just really, like, I want to take a moment to thank the sound guy for this what you're hearing right now and he just goes he just keeps mixing <laughs> I, was like, I was like what do you think he's gonna do a good job for the next six songs right. way to go yeah. Toby now Baby, he's gonna turn the knobs the wrong direction yeah and then it did not get better it only got worse <laughs> that's like insulting the pilot before you get on that's the plane that's right yeah. <laughs> like, well, what are you doing <laughs> exactly I couldn't help it though it just the guy it's that once again, it's frustrating when all this stuff is just supposed to help you perform. And if the sound guy isn't on board with that, what is he even doing there? Like, it's the same thing. Like, it's so frustrating. Like, his whole job is to make you sound good. And if you don't think it's that good and you try to give kind feedback and he gets mad, well, then you're whatever. Yeah. Screw you. To me, it needs to be some sort of oath that they take, you know, like doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some sort of oath to. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're right. Nice. You're right. Then like the Hippocratic Oath, oh, yeah. make, do no harm make it and all sound that. As good as you possibly <laughs> <That's right>. can. <laughs> they have to say it before <laughs> they, they start. That's right. That's a great idea. You should write that up, like a mission statement. That it's an oath that sounds yeah, killer right. to take. <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah. It's not a bad idea, actually. I will not be mad when you ask me to turn up the gain on your acoustic guitar. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> problem is sound guys don't read, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good luck getting that done. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, we're just we're, we're barking up the wrong tree right here. Yeah, no, we're getting ourselves you, in big trouble. We're getting ourselves in big <laughs> you know, trouble. No, we're taking your own sound guys is obviously good. Yeah. Oh yeah, your Except own sound for guys are amazing. We've often taken sound guys. We've been so cheap and frugal that we've taken sound guys that we paid like unbelievably low amounts of money just to try to take one. Yeah, which is 
you get what you pay for kind of thing. Right, right. So we've yeah. taken sound guys before that we paid one or two hundred dollars a week, and you're still better off with the house guy. In my experience there too. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> but you yeah. should get a real sound guy and pay him <laughs> if you can. But yeah, we we'll hardly ever do that. I want to talk about this show coming up here though. It's crazy because we just had Five Iron Frenzy on uh, Reese from Five Iron Frenzy. We were talking to them. Once again, Slick Shoes is playing the second show with y'all, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It is so crazy. I wanted to ask you about this because I can remember that band listening to them and going, okay, now that after you guys entered into my brain, I was like, I can start to understand this. And that's when I became aware of Tooth and Nail and stuff. But I was going to ask you, did you guys ever get this back then without the internet? Uh, like pushback for being Christian enough or not Christian enough. I can remember, I think Jackson, the guitar player from, uh, I think that's his name, yep. from Slick Shoes. It is. I can remember somebody coming to me talking about Slick Shoes that they came through, I don't know, South Carolina somewhere, and they said they saw him smoking outside, and they were like, <laughs> they're not Christians. But what's crazy about that is that was uh, trolling in real time, or you know what I mean, like like now you do that on Facebook. Yeah, now yeah. you know you might say. Where something did they about, say it? They just said it to me. To in, you. Yeah, in passing. Yeah. We we were talking about music or something. They said, "Oh, I saw that band Slick Shoes. Not going to see them again." Jackson, the guitar player, he was smoking. He's not a Christian. Mm. Like, I think they said something like that. So that's but, like an internet comment, for right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was like so word of mouth spread about him. I, I don't know. Maybe we can have him on the podcast one day and, and ask him if that actually affected. Uh, not if he still smokes, we can't. Yeah, no, no way. If he still <laughs> smokes, forget <laughs> it. But I wondered, like, did 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 rumors get spread about like you guys, but there was no internet? Probably. Did y'all yeah. hear stuff like that? Did people push back on y'all? I heard a lot that I was a dick. Really? Oh, um, you were a jerk. Not was, nice in the green room. It was probably because I just didn't. I didn't realize. Okay, you have to be performing at all times. Don't be yourself. So if you're tired, don't act tired. Right. Like, like whatever it is, and, and so we were just touring in a van back in these days, of course, and. Uh, I actually started smoking because because I was working at a restaurant yeah. here, you know, in my hometown, and so I started smoking to get breaks and like like most people do, peer pressure, friends, yeah. that kind of thing. And so yes, I did smoke early on in the days of MXPX, and I had to just I did it usually in secret or in the van. I would like, smoke in the van and not let kids see me, that kind of thing. Of course, I mean I haven't smoked for it's fifteen plus years. I don't even yeah. know how long, but. Um, it was weird back in those days because there was kind of a, a Gestapo kind of feeling that sometimes like you can't really be yourself. You have to be. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I'm talking in the Christian scene, like some of the church venues and some of the tours. And and we early on always tried and, and always did play other shows. You know, we, we got on tour with Face to Face. Um, we got on tour with Real Big Fish pretty early on. And... That was sort of kind of just, you know, the warp Tour bands. That's sort yep. of what we, we want, aspired to do, right? And we played Tom Fest out in Port, yep. the Portland, Oregon area. And we got, uh, we got there's a, a fairly well-known from the scene video of a bunch of kids arguing about us. Really? And, and they're, they're back and forth to each other. And, and MTV filmed it and they were kind of inciting these questions and like asking oh, you know about I'd like, like to see that. yeah it's a it's a kind of a trip Can you find it's, online? oh i'm sure it's yeah, online it. somewhere it's like it's i think it might be mtv2 were they questioning two. your christianity or yeah much? just talking to the fans about you know are they a real christian band or how do you feel about them being you know playing secular shows or being popular within secular being on mtv for one you know yeah. we we're on mtv and uh on a, on I guess that there really wasn't a whole lot of other video shows except for the smaller, more local right. TV show, you know, video shows yeah. that we got played on. 
so yeah back in the day people would be like yeah i saw you on g-rock i saw you on um you know whatever it was on mtv with matt penfield yeah um yeah it was a trip what was his show called 90 minutes or something something yeah, 120 minutes 120 minutes, yeah, 120 yeah. minutes. man yeah. it's been so long yeah. i haven't even thought about mtv but yeah, so there was, you know, definitely incidents that happened. We got kicked out of certain venues because we wouldn't preach. Um, we got in fights with the Supertones, the OC Supertones. Really? Because <laughs> they, they, would, they would be opening for us, yet they would do like an hour plus and wouldn't get off the stage. And we're just like, dude, if you want to preach, that's yeah. fine. But like, don't don't do your full set and preach like yeah fit, oh, gosh, fit that yeah. in fit that into your, your so they would play deal. a few songs and then preach and then play a few more or something. yeah they, they, they go would play the like a time. big set yeah. preach forever you know it's the word man <laughs> right yeah i mean of course personally i don't i i have nothing no issues with them but like at the time like we were pretty bummed on yeah how inconsiderate they were they were like pushing shows further and further back where kids had to leave yeah. before we were done playing i think and, that's a huge problem for a couple of reasons i mean there's the there's the professional level there but i think there's a real problem with that mentality where here's why it is it's actually not respectful but they feel like you can break a personal i'm not saying they i mean this mentality yeah. at least is you can break some boundary of normal life because you know that what you're doing is supreme of a supreme importance <laughs> yeah. like you push this thing about what you're going to say from stage and how important that is so much so that that is the only thing that matters the thing that matters most to the degree where you can cause harm or difficulty or annoyance or something to somebody else like you 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 have this empowerment because you have the ultimate message and so now regular stuff doesn't apply to you anymore i don't think that is ever i don't think that makes a lot of sense it's almost ends justify the means kind yeah. of thing or whatever and we've had bands do that a little bit with us well, and, and we may have done it to yeah. other bands too also we yeah. may have been guilty of the i same hate it thing, because but. the pushback is what well, you don't want us to talk about the gospel right. but you're right if you say well cut your songs they don't want to do that either yeah, yeah. and <laughs> i give credit to steve Cabucci from uh yeah. wolves at the gate who preaches way too long on stage and i don't like it and he knows that he's been on the podcast talked about it but he will all he's i'll cut as many songs as you want this is what's important, which I don't love, but at least he yeah. cuts the song. I, well, yeah. I still don't like it because kids are paying to hear you perform That's music right. that they like. Not you're not paying for a pastor. Like if you want to pay for a pastor, okay. Or <laughs> church is free. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, you're you're actually stealing from people yeah. their opportunity, the money that they saved and earned or whatever to come see you to talk about yeah. this agenda thing. Like it'd be, I would say the exact same thing if they were preaching veganism or if they were preaching yes, exactly. uh, anarchy or whatever, right. like anything. Thing that you're going to really proselytize people from stage for a long amount of time. If you can say it concisely, okay. Everybody says something, sure. promote something, whatever. Yeah. A couple of minutes or, or a couple of seconds, I say. Anything over it. Seven it, minutes. How about this? It kills good. the vibe. They're yeah, supposed it, to yeah, pump people up worse. for y'all show. Right. Instead, yeah. everybody's like, oh, God, that guy won't <laughs> shut up about, okay, I get it. Like, And then y'all got to come out. Come out. It doesn't help. Like The, main, the reason you have a support band is to help bring energy excitement people to the show and when they do stuff like that it's just a big disappointment like yeah, i think it's yeah. i think it's a bait and switch almost it's it's left us or i mean we haven't dealt with that too much since then but yeah. um overall we really you know there's a, been a few different things that have happened to us and me you know at shows that's helped craft the way we do our shows now you know we try to think okay what do our fans like and we know the this band this band this band we know they'll like that and a lot of times I'll like think of a band and suggest a band that I really love and I'm like, uh, but I don't think our fans do. All right, sorry. You know, it's just it's more yeah. about their experience from the, the second they walk in that door 
the merch they see, what's available there in the front, to the end of the show. So the I whole mean, experience, yeah. yeah, support yeah. band is huge for oh, for us, very huge. And the, uh, going to the set time is just in and itself. Times, it's yeah. just it this isn't oh. fair. It's just not right. But the funniest one of that is our we had Aaron Lunsford from As Cities Burn tour managed us a bunch, and one time we were playing at a festival and he was tour managing one and his job. For, to be sure, is to make sure we get on on time. I mean, it's a big deal. But it was uh, we were playing after Head from Corn. Okay. Uh, Head Welch. What's his, his name? What's Brian Head Welch. Yeah, Brian but what's Head. his band name? Just just Head. Head. Yeah. I think. Anyways, he was playing before us, and then he was going over set time, and he was preaching. Is what he was using set time. It was the same exact thing. And I was like, I mean, this is Head from Corn. Yeah. Like, and we we know him and talked to him and hung out with him and stuff. Some, but nonetheless, to me, that's a big deal. Somebody I'd listened to way before I was into playing music or anything. I was like, corn oh, is serious. This guy's in this band and now we play with him play and he's playing before us. So it's somebody I look up to even a lot. Or used to read tab books of, of what he was playing in ninety seven in Guitar yeah. World, you know. And um he <laughs> so he's going over set and Lunsford marches up there and goes, Hey and he's like he gets his attention, tells him you go to set time, he says, Listen, whatever and just says giving head this like I'm so so embarrassed <laughs> and standing there. And he comes over he goes he came over he's like, I'm sorry, okay, I'm sorry. He was like really keyed yeah. up about what he was doing. He came and apologized. He was like a, like almost like a little kid going, I'm sorry, man. I was like, just leave him alone. Like, you should, him he should know better. I'm so bad about that one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, pro bands that, that do that, sometimes it does happen, but usually they, they know better. Sure. <laughs> okay, sorry. Last little interruption here. I'm going to tell you about Tracker. Tracker is pretty awesome. It's terrifically awesome, actually, because you know why? We are all losers. And what I mean by losers is, how about this? Newsweek reports that the average American wastes 55 minutes a day looking for things that we own but can't find. So we're losers. We lose stuff. We can't find it. Then we waste a bunch of time. So I'm going to tell you about what I spend the most time ever looking for. Remote controls. I've got an Apple TV remote. I've got the soundbar remote. I've got, you know, I've got multiple remotes and I have kids which means there's no chance you could ever know where they are and so one thing that works for me is to attach a tracker to a remote control and then I can find it so tracker makes losing things a thing of the past and I'll tell you how to get one for free in a minute but what it is is basically a coin sized device that locates your misplaced keys wallets bags computers any anything in seconds so you pair it with your smartphone and you can attach it to anything and find its precise location with a tap of a button. It really is that easy. It's really cool how it works with the phone because let's say you have it on your keychain and you'd lose your phone. Well, now you're in trouble, right? No, because you can press the button on the tracker unit itself on your keychain and it will cause your phone to ring even if it's on silent. So, you know, your phone might be one of the common, I guess phone and keys alone are the most common things you lose and it will fix that right up. Is finding over a million misplaced items each day. You can order yours now and never lose anything again. So listeners of the show get a free Tracker Bravo with any order. If you go to thetracker.com and enter promo code BADCHRISTIAN, that's T-H-E, tracker.com, and enter promo code BADCHRISTIAN. The hardest thing you'll ever have to find from now on is that website, and that's not hard. So go to thetracker.com right now and enter promo code BADCHRISTIAN for your free Tracker Bravo with any order. Again, that's thetracker.com. Com. Promo code bad Christian. Toby, you got one too? All right, I want to talk to you guys about an awesome 
new podcast called Found. And I want you to go listen to the new episode of Found and subscribe to it wherever you listen to podcasts because you're listening to a podcast right now. Why wouldn't you support other amazing podcasts? And I'm telling you, Found is very good. It's off of Wandry. And have you ever seen a scrap of paper on the floor stuck on the back of a desk at work? Maybe it's a love letter or a to-do list. Have you ever wondered where it came from and what it's about? That's what the Found Podcast is all about. They take random things they found on the ground and try to solve the mysteries behind them. Sometimes the finds are incredible, soulful, and mysteries. From love notes found on the ground to a baby at a subway stops, they've got a new season coming out with their first episode live from South by Southwest. Find out what random things uh, were found this week. So go to li- go listen right now to the newest episode of Found and subscribe to it wherever you listen to podcasts, please. New episodes drop every Wednesday, and I just think it's really good. I saw listen to the trailer, and it's just awesome. You're going to really like this podcast. So one more time, go listen to the newest episode of Found and subscribe to it wherever you listen to podcasts. Do that for us right now. Wherever you listen to podcasts, go there and subscribe to Found. Such a good podcast. All right. Tell me about this beer can. Yeah, the beer. So you can see this. If, if people are watching on video, you can see it. But if not, it's a literally MXPX beer. Yeah, yeah. So 25 years of MXPX, we're doing this this anniversary celebration beer with Silver City Brewery. Uh-huh. They're a local brewery. They're sort of our, I don't know, the biggest brewery around for us. And then they make great, great beer. I'm actually having them on my podcast. Um, but anyway, so we got together and we actually went and tasted beers, told them what we liked, told them what we were into, talked about, of course, the artwork, what we like to see. So they incorporated you know, all of our art elements in with their, you know, basic logos, if you saw their other cans and stuff. So the idea is it's a left coast common, which is a California commons. It's one of the only, one of two native, uh, native beers in the U.S. So everything there, else There is, were a type so of beer that is the, uh, made, the hops like, or first made here. The hops or, or the barley or whatever is from the U.S. Uh-huh. Everything else is from somewhere else, usually. The styles. Yeah. I'm not an expert, of course. But uh, <laughs> so so anyway, we it's left coast all the way as far as like the style that it's made. It's a steamed beer. And it's a really great beer. It's, it's an amber sort of uh, crushable beer with some taste to it, some malt, some maltiness. And... Uh, for me, it's the Goldilocks of beer because I like, I like beer you can taste, but I also don't want to get wasted after one beer. Like yeah, I right. want to be able to drink a couple, be good to go. What percentage play my do set. you like? Well, th- like I mean, it's, that's probably 7? like five. It's yeah. like five point seven percent there, so it's it's enough to get going if you have a few. But um, you can go to a show and have a couple and still remember it. Yeah, right. It's constant. Like I don't like are, over six point. Yeah, six, I mean, I, I, I like it if I'm just like sitting at home drinking one. You yeah, know, right. for like an IPA. Um, but yeah, this is for going out. This is for shows. This is for, you know, it comes in 16 ounce uh, cans. You can mail order it if you're How out of you state. How can you mail order? I thought there's, what's the Tavor.com. So T A V O U R.com. Uh-huh. Links are on mxpx.com. Uh, but you basically, there's 18 states in the US that allow mail order. So if you're allowed, you can mail order beer and there's a bunch of different companies that do it, but we work with Tour. So you uh, can get it in what's can in Washington? You can't. 
Yeah, you can get it in Washington. We can, you yeah. can order it by oh, mail it'll be, you, in 18 states. I'm sure you can order it in, in mail by in Washington as well okay. if you live in a far corner somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it will be um, in stores in oh, Washington. It'll yeah. be in bars, wow. on keg, on tap. Um, we're actually having May 4th. We're having a party in Bremerton at the tap room. Um, I think it starts at 5 or something like that where you can go and get the beer there and hang out with us. We're going to serve beer. And then in Seattle, awesome. the 5th, Friday night at the Comet. So come on down to the Comet. Both those things are free events. We're not playing. It's not an MXPX show, but you can get us to pour your drink. That's so pretty cool. <laughs> come on so down. Cool. And you know we have special T-shirts for the beer. And I don't know. It was just something like, for me, it's Christmas because oh, yeah. it's like the coolest thing like yeah we do shows that's fun we do videos that's cool we do podcasts that's great but like a beer yeah man i know it's the best thing like we've done skateboards before yeah. <laughs> or you yeah, know little, yeah. little things that's that cool. go along with your album or whatever but like to have a beer with that you helped craft and and decide on and all that stuff and it's like it's a what a killer product like it's something that you can be proud of too it's not something somebody's gonna throw like you know how many autographs you sign and people throw them under their bed five minutes later or whatever like this is something that like might last and is like legit it's coming out of your band it's really cool yeah and i mean obviously it's a limited amount they're only making as much as they can but they're a small brewery yeah. so don't don't wait if you yeah, yeah. have the opportunity you see it in a store I would pick it up for sure. Uh, those beer alcohol laws are so dumb. Yeah, it's so yeah. dumb. Like you can't mail it, you can't get it. It's just I, that's it's just so goofy. We're gonna be in Denver uh, May twentieth with Mast Intruder, and we can't have the beer there, obviously. But um, we actually set it up to have the beer at our shows in Seattle, which was not easy to do. Even even though it's in state, it's in city. Um, you know, we actually had to like put it in our deal to make sure that mm -hmm. they ordered beer, the venue, you know, whatever they yeah. do for yeah, the yeah. distribution and all that. It is super complicated, just like almost yeah, no so matter dumb. what. Yeah. But uh, that'll be cool. It'll be, I think that's going to be the pinnacle is doing, playing the 25 year anniversary shows in Seattle with people holding up these cans and yeah, singing along, you know, like yeah. that. I'm, I might just crap my pants, cream myself. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Puke. But uh, it's cry, uh, whatever it is, it's going to be a good time. So. Have you started working on a strain of weed yet for MXPX? Uh, I just saw you know, a billboard, there's a billboard <laughs> out here for yeah, Bob Marley. For Bob Marley, really? Right? Yeah, for uh, Bob Marley licensed uh, blend if that they sell here If in there's Washington. demand for it, I've got ideas. You guys, <laughs> If you guys want it, we'll have to make it happen. Wiz Khalifa's got, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, does he have, yeah, does he do that? Yeah, he's got Khalifa Kush. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. cool. But if, if we do, it's going to be, you know, left coast kush i mean that's yeah, that's my it. name for it so um yeah not it doesn't exist yet but i don't, I don't think it would be a bad idea <laughs> I mean, yeah i mean you might have a whole marketing plan here but one thing i was gonna ask you what's really cool okay so y'all been a band this is your 25th anniversary and like i was just looking at this can and i was like i have seen that for so long and it's, it's iconic yeah right you were just talking about your how like you think about everything now the whole show the whole experience for like uh when they come in the door to the merchandise to the bands you tour with all this stuff it like before the even the internet and everything you were you aware that how important branding is like 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 this crazy i wasn't aware of that. Like, like i, I know y'all used to be called what was it uh magnified plaid right Mag and yeah. then you changed your name or whatever to mx but even like were you, were you that aware like branding means a lot like y'all have a look like this this picture here 
I've seen that so much, and I know tons of people. They go, "Yeah, I've seen that before," and it, it, like it res- yeah. it you know registers with them. Like, were you the, were you even aware back then before the internet? Before branding was super high, like everybody's aware of their branding now and what that looks like. How did right. y'all get that? How did you get uh, grab that on? Well, the story was, you know, we wanted to have a a, a guy like a punk guy, and. So Brandon, you know, went from Tooth & Nail Records, went to John Nissen, who had done the Tooth & Nail logo, the one, the original logo that's sort Uh, of scribbly looking, it's a box. And back then and still probably today, he he gets guys, whether it's producing or mixing, where he just uses the same guy for Mm -hmm. everything. So John was that guy for artwork at that time. And so I think we just got lucky with John and he, he drew up this really mean skinhead punker and I got the sketch and and showed everybody, and I was just like, I think it's too, it's too mean. It's, it's too grown too up. Too white power. A little here, too white. Yeah, yeah. It was too. It was too skanky. Too like you know. <laughs> and and that was sort of the note we gave back was sort of like make make it younger and more cartoony. Yeah. And less mean. And the next sketch was literally what you see on Poconatcha, except for just a little more raw was the Poconatcha Punk running. And I took that, when he sent the the actual album cover, the first draft of it, I was like, that's it. And I went and got it tattooed before the no album way. was even out. Yeah, no on my, And went to see Strung Out that night. That's punk, so, Yeah, like, it was cool. And Lagwagon, Strung Out and Lagwagon. And, and did that, so I mean, you guys, uh, even since then, the whole 25 years, have kind of been aware of that, even before it was so important? Yeah, about that, you know, it's about the branding issue is I knew what I wanted and I didn't necessarily realize it was going to be as iconic as it has been. Um, so I think that was a little bit of luck there. Maybe a little bit of intuition, a lot of luck, and, and definitely knowing that it wasn't right the first time, but... Right. It's close, you know. And when he came back with the Poconacha Punk, that was that was us. And and along the way, uh, you know, we've strayed, you know, some of our albums have had uh pictures of us, you know, that kind of thing. And I feel like that happened only because we were growing up as a band and when you grow up like a teenager, you want to sort of like do what you haven't done before. Just to do, just, just like to Britney Spears yeah. gets naughty, you know, she's doing Disney stuff and then does the naughty album or whatever. That's basically us not using the Poconetcha Punk as an album cover every time, you know. Right. So you should. But have we've just gone done back it. to that, of yeah. course. I mean, for years and years we have. At one point, I I called up my mom actually, and I was like, you know, I I really think we should just start. Uh, we should just have an iconic. Uh, logo for mxpx and so when we google mxpx that's what i want to see most of i don't want to see tons of pictures of us of course you will and that was sort of the beginning of it tom chichilla you know we work mm-hmm. with him a lot he's been huge in branding so anything that that we were already doing we're doing a thousand times more because of his input as well for sure that's funny i can remember uh one funny thing that happened was uh so we're doing the uh tooth and nail podcast we're doing that and, and uh so they they hired us to produce it and it's coming out here soon i don't, I don't know the exact yeah, date but exactly. but um it, it's gonna be really cool and so we're doing all this but brandon tells a story about i think it was was it life in general the jock holding the right yeah. oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's right. so we're talking one of the one of the things he we got him talking about it was talking about like christianity and how sometimes it you know people get their own idea and that that was dr- ri- 
drawn by a Satanist. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. So he didn't know that. And he said, Brandon said he got a call from like some big church in California saying, we've heard that a Satanists are trying to <laughs> infiltrate MXPX or all this stuff. Did y'all know any of that? Y'all just thought, cool picture. We, right? knew, we knew that he was a Satanist, but it was just like. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just funny. I mean, He's just our bro. <laughs> well, well, no, we don't even, even know him personally. Yeah. We, we hired him because he had done artwork for other bands we liked, other posters bad religion uh no effects and he had a style of artwork uh-huh. that was uh you know Satanic. rap fink rap like fink it. style yeah. really hot rod rap fink yep. and that's why we hired him and i think that's why brandon hired him as well and i don't think we necessarily knew or even cared like i mean we figured he wasn't a christian we're like i think it was probably like he was an atheist or something it's like well of right. course he does artwork for bad religion you know so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but at the time you know we had toured with bad religion and played uh you know played with a bunch of i guess you you would say non-christian bands by the time life in general came out so yeah and it just it's funny like y'all did the right thing y'all hired somebody based on the merit of their work yeah. Right, y'all did the right thing, and then people probably were like, "Uh oh, this is." And Brandon made the joke though that like y'all heard, he's the first person that ever infiltrated, uh, you know, Satanism into like l- Christian bookstores, Christian yeah, bookstores yeah. and stuff like that. Y'all were doing. They said, they said they started getting. I started getting calls that the guy was a Satanist. He said, "Turns out that was true." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it's funny because it's just like you just like the picture, and like the picture doesn't reveal Satanism. It's not like if you you know all of a sudden there's hidden agenda. Mm, is in there. there hidden? <laughs> Maybe after all these big reveal Maybe. here. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah, that's what happened to MXPX. It all makes sense now. <laughs> it, it's really funny too talking about Brandon or whatever. Um, like for sure, I, I mean, I don't. I was going to ask you, do y'all get this all the time? But like for sure, the uh, um, slowly going the way of the buffalo. You know, it was my favorite record of yours. I don't, I don't know why. Like, I, I it just something about that record really gets me. And uh, that was your first record off of Tooth and Nail, right? Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah. So I can remember. I didn't. I wasn't even thinking about it, but I can remember talking to Brandon, and somehow we were talking about you guys, and I was like, "Man, I love MXPX records." Slowly going the way of the Buffalo. And he was like, "Oh, really." Really, <laughs> and it was funny because you yeah. know that was the one that y'all, he he didn't have any part of anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? But I didn't even mean it that way. I wasn't even thinking about labels. But do you think that was that a big departure for y'all? Like, do you think that that was like a different mu- musicality wise? Was that really different? Yeah, I mean, uh, the way I describe that record is it's like our ACDC back in black record. It's super simple. It's um, it's more hard hitting, and Steve Kravak really crafted that especially because he took all the fills out of the drums and he just, he wanted everything just like, dan, dan, dan. And for us, I guess it was, uh, it was a, a building block. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's something that we felt like was the final sound of what we were going to be, but um, people always say they love it. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not going to complain about about that. So it was painful to make that record. It was painful to make? It was painful because it's just like, you know, we were so used to making records really quickly, and now we had this big recording budget, and we're spending all this money. Yet, where is it going? It's going to just like. Do you remember how much it, the record budget was? I, I, it was probably like I'm sure it was 150,000, 200,000, yeah. something like yeah. that. And you know, we recorded in in at Robert Lang up in Seattle. Oh, we recorded I love at, that place, man. It's great. We recorded at A and M down in Hollywood, mixed at A and M, and mastered it. Bernie Grudman's, I'm sure. But, you know, we just, 
remixes and you know Steve Kravak was editing he's actually on my podcast this Friday um and and I, I had some gripes about that record I was like really? dude you made me pronounce this word um really weird like there was a word honestly and he made me say it honestly honestly <laughs> so yeah yeah and I was just like in retrospect you know I just trusted him like okay I got it you know in the mix it's gonna sound fine no, it sounded like honestly. Why did he want like, you to do that? What was he's his Canadian? <laughs> he's yeah. Canadian, I, I think. You know, I'm confused on 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 the letter H as it's used. I'm very confused about it. Maybe y'all can help, be on, help me. Out. Yeah. Well, so so people I hear on the radio, they don't say the H a lot of times when they're saying human, for instance. And I just can't figure out, is it what makes them hmm. drop the H and what is that? But I almost only hear it on the radio. That's like Trump. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, that's like Trump. Yeah. Huge, his, his huge. Huge. Yeah. Yes, it's human. like that. Yes. Almost everybody on NPR. <laughs> Sorry to bring just, Trump up. But, <laughs> but, but it seems like educated He's people. taking away is it our H's. Act, is it, it almost seems like it's a pretentious thing. Like more pretentious. Trump doesn't qualify as that. But it seems like pretentious people don't pronounce the H at the beginning. Is, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, think I don't know I, what that yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Some people call herb herb, herb, herb. Right, but well, are human? But, but <laughs> or is that right? Honestly, I mean, it has an H on it. Yeah. Why would you say honest? I've never thought about that till right now. But that's the same. Honestly, thing. Just, honest sounds happy. Really weird. You just say happy. You wouldn't say happy. <laughs> right. I don't understand. <laughs> but you, it sounds dumb to say honorable. You are very honorable. That that sounds like you're making a joke or something like that. But human. I haven't heard human. Oh, I promise. Human. Pay attention on the radio. You hear it all the time. It's sophisticated people don't say the H at the beginning it, it of also, words like human. You know, if it's know radio, it honestly could be like a DS or That's type what I was thinking. Is there some technical reason like gates. it's a DS or something? Because there's that, uh, you know, it's like on sometimes you hear a record when somebody has a DS or too hard and it sounds like a lisp. Like yeah, yeah, absolutely. Got, that that's another complaint I had actually about Tom Lord Algae. Actually, it was Chris Lord Algae that makes those songs. But on our album um, before everything and after, uh -huh. it's a great sounding record. I was pretty happy with it overall. But there's certain words you just can't like. They just cut off halfway through. You're just like, where'd that word go? Yeah. And he's mixing Green Day, so it's like, what is yeah. it? You know, I don't know. I did, and at the time. I should have said something, but I didn't want to question yeah. such a, a world-renowned mixer. Yeah, which now I know I should have just said something. You know, I'm stupid, but yeah. but you just didn't I was a know. dumb kid. You're right. I, I I heard that, but I was just like, maybe it's because we're listening on these giant speakers. <laughs> yeah. you know, we like yeah. we go into his studio in Hollywood and yeah, it's the same. It's you know, he sets everything up, goes like this. Yeah, turns around in his seat. Go here, you guys go, and he plays it super loud, and it sounds amazing. You're just like, yes, yes, this sounds awesome, and it did sound good. Aside from that, I think did he but just the DS thing, you know? Yeah. Did he was he the kind of guy you didn't couldn't give notes to? You know, we probably could have. Yeah, I mean, I think so, but you didn't. I don't think you feel intimidated because yeah. He's well, there's guy. a lot yeah. of guys who don't. Do not want notes. Like a note to them is an insult, right? Which right, I think right, is so right. goofy. But so that's, that's a good know. question. See, I can't, I can't remember exactly if we ever did give notes. We on our first record we, with Ed Rose. Uh, he was mixing it, and he played it. And I asked him a question, which is looking back on it, it was a passive aggressive question. And I don't like being passive aggressive, but I was. I said, "Do you think that background vocal should be that loud?" 
And he, <laughs> he's turned around and spun around Sherry. He goes, I put it there. So, yes, I think that's where it should be. You know, like he turned the question back on me. He's like, yes, I, like I asked it. Do you yeah. think that should be there? He's like, of course I think it should be there because that's where I put it. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> I guess you're... Carry it's on. so intimidating because you don't know. Yeah, I didn't know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's how funny has it been now like like when i think about i remember everybody talking about the lord algaes and what and the way they do it specifically and, all, and it, i was like it's almost like you know mythic proportions of how amazing these people are what where are they now? Do people does that still matter? Well, they've come down a lot. Like they can't charge as much. I mean, at those, but, I mean, in those are days, they still yeah. important. Like yeah, that, they are. They've yeah, lost they're still them. Top, on top of the game. Sure, but that, but the like the rates aren't the same. I don't think. Like those used to be ten thousand dollar song mixes, right? Oh yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, just God. the mix was ten thousand yep. each. So ten songs mixed by him, hundred thousand dollars for mixing. Wow. That that's what it used to be. And now those, I think. I mean, maybe they still get that on some stuff. I'm sure they do, but. Is that still just was even then? Do you think it like? I mean, obviously they were good at what they did. I'm not saying that, but is it some something like a little bit of a hype thing that you go, well, I got to get this? We're, yeah, like, yeah they, totally. Did, oh, did totally. y'all feel that way? I was going to ask you too, because so y'all left tooth and nail. Now you're on this major label. Did y'all just feel like, man, we got to let these people know what they're doing? And did, did that like seem intimidating too? That now you're on a major label and the, they want us to work with these big time people and this huge budget and all this stuff. Like, was it? Did y'all feel like, well, we're still just this little indie band? I think we've spent most of our career just barely getting to that next level. So always feeling like the new kids, you know, always feeling like we've just arrived uh -huh. and we've got to, you know, make sure that we like do the right things. And so, yeah, I feel like in a lot of ways we, man, I could only imagine how many cool, cool opportunities we could have like really made happen, but we were too, too timid yeah. at the time, you know? Um, and it's funny to hear, probably hear like a band guy say that, but um, you know, once you kind of get a momentum, you usually just stick with that momentum rather than branching off. Like doing the podcast mm -hmm. is not sticking with the momentum right. of, of a band guy. You know, you're doing something different. But um, it took a while for us to sort of learn those, you know, those lessons. Yeah, when did you realize that you could do stuff outside of just music? Like you podcast, you do a lot of stuff. You own your own studio, all this stuff. Like, did it take a while to realize, oh, wait a minute, I don't have to only do MXPX? It took a while, and it took a while to realize that I didn't have to try to separate everything from MXPX. Like, people aren't going to just forget that I'm in MXPX because I all of a sudden a do a podcast insight. or a, yeah. a clothing line or this or that. And so I think I did start very late with all of that stuff. Um but at the same time, I probably started late because, I, oh, now I have time. MXPX shows aren't as popular now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, and, and when I put, we put a bunch of work back into MXPX the last few years, and we've it seems gone to be working, back, man. back I up. photos yeah. when yeah, y'all play. It's just like, what? That's been oh insane. Gosh, yeah. yeah. And, and that mixed with, of course, the age of our audience. Um, people are getting back into the music yep. they once loved. Maybe have given it a break, started a family, got a job, a career, whatever. So all these things, including us, also Tom and Yuri working full time careers. What do they do? They they uh, they both work at the shipyard. They do different things. Tom's a manager for these these nuclear engine stuff, and then Yuri is like a, a an electrical marine mechanic or something like that. Wow. So an electrician, but stuff that wouldn't necessarily work in <laughs> i mean their work ethic works beautifully by the way you know now in band life but aside from that they have very specialized jobs but now that they're sort of settled into that and doing really well uh -huh. 
they've been able to come back and spend a lot more time with MXPX. We're doing shows, weekends, flying out. Uh, of course, for our 25-year year, we're pretty busy doing that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, we love it. It's been It's been sort of like... Yeah, I remember how this feels, and it feels good. Oh yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like always, you get to appreciate it again. Like you, now, like when even when we do shows, like we're playing tonight or whatever. Now that you're older, you get to go. Oh wait a minute, I don't have. To, I'm not thinking about just trying to get bigger and all this stuff. Like I'm thinking, wait, this is fun. Yes, like yes. like you guys, like I mean, getting to play with those dudes again. I mean, that's really. I mean, I mean, I know y'all played on and off, but like Yuri quit for a while didn't he or something like that he, quit, he tried to quit a couple times really? <laughs> one time it, it took for at least half a year or so more i <laughs> mean like, this might be it the fans like he's like man i you know the fans kept nagging me and and i just really enjoyed that show we did this last show in in las vegas years and years ago yeah and and they just keep coming back and um you know mxpx has never broken up but yuri quit so you know what like, they we right. need to do? We've got the sound guy oath we need to build, right? Yep. But we also need to institute government regulations on bands the way they do with marriages. <laughs> so you have to enter a separation period before you can leave a band. And then you have to go through processes to try to keep the right. family together for the kids, which there are fans, go. obviously. And uh, obviously, I'm not really into regulation. But, it, <laughs> but it's funny because... So many people leave bands and they get back in. They want to come back eventually. So, yeah. and, and and sometimes you regret kicking somebody out of a band too. So I'm suggesting we need a mandatory separation period before you can file papers. Six that's, months. that's the thing that when you're in it, you don't know. Like he probably was like, "Yeah, I do need to quit." And then when he did quit, he probably realized, "Wait a minute, that was fun. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like wow. That. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm at the shipyard. Is you know, it's Thursday, but this weekend I'm being Vegas <laughs> yeah. and playing a sold out show or something. You know, what I mean, yeah, that, yeah. That, all the with my buds and you know all that stuff like that. That just seems really fun. So I mean, y'all are so you're whole year's kind of y'all are filling it up the rest of this year like the yeah. 25 like, I mean it's lots of shows and more future shows even after the summer and stuff yeah right? we have May 20th in Denver we have July in Seattle July 7, 8 and then we have July 13th in Quebec City we're doing this festival it's like the Festival Deity it's a summer fest um, we're planning on a couple other Canadian shows that I can't announce because I don't know exactly what it is but we will be doing that we're going to be I think we're going to do something in Nashville nice. um, something cool and that'll be after the summertime. And of course, things could always come up. People always ask, is it possible if you come here or there? And I'm like, anything's possible. Because if somebody calls us up and says, here's a bag full of money or we'll be there. whatever it yep. is, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, of course we're going to be there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, we really take pride in like the shows that we put on because we, we have our, our hands are in every part of it. So and that's kind of why we do a little bit less than your average full-time band. I, f I consider us full-time. We just don't play shows full-time. Yeah. But yeah. And it's, you guys are kind of similar. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can custom. I think that's what those bands break up for. Like, oh, we've been so flexible and adaptable, and that's what other bands don't do. So when I hear a lot of stuff you're saying as a story, I hear, oh, we were young, we didn't know this, or we pushed too hard, or we didn't know we could, or whatever. We've had plenty of struggles, but we started our band way older. We didn't even listen to music or play guitar or do anything, because I was an adult, skateboard, yeah. anything. So by the time we were even working with producers and artwork people and agents and managers, we've never really gotten along with them because we did have opinions so it's kind of a different story but one of the things we've been able to do is learn to and adapt to where it's like instead of having to break up because one guy wants to have a family and the other guy wants to tour full-time we've just been cool like mature enough to go okay if we do less we can stay together yeah if we can if we can all work together and just say we don't have to tour 
you know, it's usually different forces who wants to do what and to what amount of seriousness. Yeah. And, and you hold each other to this high standard. You can never take a vacation because the band comes first. And if you take that mentality too long, too far, of course, it'll break up or have a problem. So we've wound up in these situations are really cool. It's taken a long time to engineer it and problem solve it correctly, how to tour a week at a time. Or yeah, two. Because it's not easy to do because right. the – it's just too hard to mobilize a team, a unit, support, sell enough tickets, cover the travel and stuff. So we, we've been, we've had to do a lot of engineering and problem solving to figure out how we can do things on our terms. And yeah. some of our ideas don't work. Of course, they of just course. don't work. Like this will work. Nope, did not work. Right. So try, try it again until you find. But that's where like y'all are at right now. It's what's really cool is you go, oh, well, y'all have jobs and y'all want to keep yeah. them or whatever. You go, well, let's make this work. I don't. I'm not yeah. trying to push your life. I'm not trying to diminish what your life is now. Yep, like you know, right, you can, right. you can say Yuri, come back. We'll make it work because we want to be together and write music and do all this stuff. Like you see the bigger picture. A lot of bands oftentimes break up because they they're so rigid. Like we can only we have to tour hundreds of days a year. We have to do this, this, yep. and this. And if you just go, wait a minute, do I care about the touring or do I care about the band? And the That's, band, if yeah, the band's yeah. healthy, then you can you can do this forever. Yeah. I mean, That's a metaphor. Twenty five years. Anything. Yeah. Like your boss, employee, marriage, all those things are that same way. The more rigid. And demanding you are, it's just more. It's not sustainable. Yeah, right. So it's important. Craft the life you want, yeah. and and that's the thing is, it takes work and it takes slow increments sometimes. Especially if you're like, I'm going to craft the life I want. I want to get out of this dead end job, whatever it is. It's not easy, but it's doable. Like like you're saying, you probably just, you try this doesn't work. Try this doesn't work. Something will work. Especially if you aren't married to a certain exact outcome and you can pivot then yeah. something will work maybe yeah. the thing you think is your most important goal maybe you have to change your goal a little yeah. bit but then you if, if you can be flexible on what the outcomes are then you can find something that works but if you have I demand this and only this there may not be a way that that yeah. works like there's not a scenario which I demand we play in arenas that scenario probably doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, right, so if right. that's if it's that or bust, I will then we will break up. Right. We will fail. Yeah. But if we can figure out how to play for fifty people, which we did last year, fifty to hundred people with expensive tickets and still make reasonable money, well then yeah. yeah. We had to shift what that might be in order to get to do that and then it did work. So yeah. as long as you're not necessarily married it's to It's all about not getting comfortable ago. either and allowing yeah. yourself to be a little uncomfortable. Like like you were even saying, I was gonna bring this up to the other guys, they have jobs, but I mean you uh were even talking earlier about feeling a little insecure about maybe your bass playing or your singing or whatever it might be. But I mean, you do a lot of music outside of MXPX. Like you're going on yeah. tour with Goldfinger. Yeah. Like, yeah, is yeah. that like oh, yeah. do you, awesome. do, doing music outside of MXPX? Do you ever feel a little intimidated? Like what if I'm not a good bass player? What if I, you know, like, is that right? Right. But you it do. Does, it. it does a little bit now and then, especially when I get, I get like learn these new three songs for tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, what? Right. Okay. But, uh, for the most part, it's actually been good for me mentally. It's been good for me to to realize, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and I can play the bass, you know. Yeah. And does he is he like? Uh, is, did you tell me that or did Phil? So Phil from Story of the Year plays guitar. Yep. Yeah, he does with Goldfinger, yep. and it's John Feldman's band, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is 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 it you that told me that or or him that he will just you know he'll he'll pull whatever songs he wants to play and he could be he's got so many and all that you have right, to like right. any expectation I, I might have said that it but, been you, but it could have been, been Phil because yeah. it's definitely yeah. true yeah. like um this doesn't usually happen but now and then we'll be playing and he'll say a song that we don't even know like, wait a second like how are we doing this <laughs> he says you're Mike and Phil from Mix Being a Story of the Year I expect you to be good yeah. of course I mean he's got like the you know that's unbelievable and then I'll be like I'm gonna learn that one tomorrow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that doesn't happen too often but uh, 
it's it's been fun. I mean, there's a new Goldfinger record coming out um, pretty soon. Actually, I played on a couple songs, nice. bass, and I I sang on a ton of songs. Phil, same, sang on a bunch of songs, and um, it's it's great. There's great songs. It's inspired me actually. I, I got to get a new MXPX record going. I'm going to start writing. I mean, actually, I've been writing, but it's just one of those things where you know that there's demand by like the hardcore fans, but overall do people really listen to records not really yeah yeah not in you that know, format at least not not in that format you're right and so it i don't know it, the uh the motivation isn't always there to like do a full-length record for yeah. mxpx but at the same time my passion is like dude i want i want there to be a next mxpx record so that's kind of like the next thing to figure out how's the best way for us to do that yep of course we won't do it by any traditional means record label or i mean i guess if they were going to really really treat us really great we we could do a record again label, like you said a big enough back probably not going to happen yeah. Like yeah it's just yeah. like i'm i know that i could wait around till i'm blue in the face hold my breath it's not going to happen yeah so you figure out how to do yeah. it your own way and that's going to be it's good it seems to be re rewarding anyway so yeah. I, you know i observe you doing and have hung out with you and seen you over at your place and all that stuff and you just kind of you run it. It's, it's a little bit like business. It's not exactly real, real business, but it's a little yeah. bit like running a business. I yeah, mean, it's DIY yeah, business yeah, is what yeah. it is. It's, and you have people that, like, the main difference I see that seems to be working is where you just don't have a bunch of enabler people that take cuts. You have to be the authority. So you could say CEO. You could be the CEO of Mike Herrera and MXPX, which just means you control your own staff, but you take ultimate responsibility instead of saying, yeah. "Well, hey, I'm just an artist. So everybody, tell me what to do." <laughs> like if you, but that's harder to do, of course. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a lot of artists don't have that ability to essentially project manage or develop or problem solve, but you do. Yeah. So one thing I realize is people, especially you know the actual artists, like if it's. Jennifer Lopez, let's say. Mm -hmm. I mean, she knows what's going on. Yeah, Rivers Cuomo used yeah. to manage Weezer and do that. He, you know, stuff like that. They use managers to yeah. hide behind the decisions that they yeah. make. So if you get kicked off a tour or something, the band kicked you off the tour. Like it's not the manager usually. Yeah. Because I mean, ultimately, right. the band has a say. Yeah. Right. And that's something that took me a really long time because I always give people the benefit of the doubt. Uh, realizing oh yeah they know they know what's yeah, going yeah. on <laughs> like but it's like and at the same time i re i gotta realize people know that i know yeah. you know um and so i just run my business thinking everybody knows that i'm gonna make the decisions and if i make a really bad decision or you know a, a greedy decision yeah somebody's gonna know that i did that so that's right yeah. so yeah i mean that that's kind of how I, I run everything and um i don't know it, it no matter what though managers will try to save you from like this knowledge or that or like won't tell you about certain things it's just mm -hmm. in their nature yeah they just want your day to go smooth yeah i kind of would i mean i don't want to know about everything because it takes too long to know about everything but i definitely want to know about the important things yeah. and the yeah. things that are just what needs to to be decided right now what's coming up and that's the hardest thing is just things will always come up and so you just it's it, it's uh, balancing the art part of it, the performance and the, the practicing you have to do and the songwriting with 
the decision making and the business part and, and it's all together because that's just what we do. Yeah, I think art fundamentally is high level decision making at the exclusion. I mean, you're make you're choosing a thing at the exclusion of other things. You have to be confident enough to do that and wise enough to know what the, the consequences of this decision are. Yeah, no absolutely. drum fills, louder guitar, clean yeah. chat, whatever. They're just they're exclusive decisions you're making. So you should musicians should have that ability to. You know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. that different in business. It's still high level decision making is really the fundamental thing. Now I'll there. say this, yeah. Matt and I had this conversation the other day. Y'all you're gonna think this is hilarious and crazy. But your your band is a prime example of what I believe. Okay. Uh I think people do want to hear a new MXPX record and will really support it and be super happy. And if y'all put it out yourself and did like a Indiegogo or Kickstarter. I told Matt there are certain <laughs> bands. He died laughing. I, I think there are certain bands because I don't think bands have done it. I think if y'all said, "Hey, we want to crowdfund this record," and y'all asked for a certain amount, I think y'all might get a million dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> I think there's enough fans out there that might would do. And Matt died I'm laughing. Dying laughing to this moment. I might be totally wrong, but we just did a Kickstarter, and ours got 127 thousand dollars. Right. That's so we insane. were at about 130. Now. I mean, wow. you guys have been around now 25 years. You have so many One fans. million dollars. I mean, don't you? But I'm saying your Ooh. band is probably in the history of the world at least 10 times bigger sure. than ours at least. Yep, I mean, it might I be 20, that. 30 times. I mean, you, MXPX is a humongous band. I think I just you don't might, think it's get, I might be wrong. Way. I might be wrong, but, yeah, I, but I, I really believe people like y'all that much that they'd want to support you. It's not, <laughs> nobody wants to give MXPX a million dollars. What they want to do is support you. I mean, if they you will, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you do a record for a million dollars. Everybody in the world that gave me amazing. one penny. What much would I have? That's just like fantasy kind of talk. But I don't, here's I, what I say. Just set, go ahead and start an Indiegogo or Kickstarter, but just set your goal conservatively. Yeah. 750000 Okay, okay. <laughs> That's how much we're going to have to spend on, on the ads. Yeah. That's just for the ads. No, but campaign. I mean, for y'all, I mean, uh, uh, if, uh, it'd be hilarious to think about how many uh, fulfillment packages you'd have to send out <laughs> for a million dollars. A million, you know, how Let's many supporters that, how many, so, how many, Financial supporters would that be to hit a million? Uh, creating right? jobs, we had to well, create yeah, jobs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's definitely creating jobs. Yeah. It's uh, it'd be thirty dollar average. To yeah, how many people do you need to make a million? Good lord, I think you might could hit it though. I think, I mean, I really like. Well, playing this show. When is the show again with uh, Five Iron Frenzy? When is that? that July seventh. July seventh, and then the next July eighth is, yeah, is Slick Shoes, right? Yep. Okay, but they did one. They did an Indiegogo or Kickstarter, and hadn't been a band for a while. And they got two hundred twenty-five, two hundred fifty. I don't know what. The, okay, I mean, there's tech. Ones you guys are way bigger than them, so you got to at least think double that. Uh, Maybe think. they just have I really bet. loaded fans. Well, there was a yeah. spur, that was a special Could time be, and place when that was yeah. a perfect time to crowdfund and there was a surprise that they came back I don't know I, I'm not saying you can't get a million dollars don't hear that as discouragement from me <laughs> that's it I'll, I'm bet, tweet, I'm I'll, tweet I'll bet ten dollars of my own money that y'all can hit a, <laughs> yeah. hit a meal <laughs> there we go okay so what are the shows again it's the 6th and the 7th here in Seattle yeah, July 6th 7th yeah. uh, well the 6th is actually a VIP thing okay. so it's going to be Seventh much smaller uh, but yeah, the seventh and eighth mm -hmm. in Seattle at the Showbox Market. We love that venue. It's yeah. awesome. Right, yeah, you can it's take the ferry over from Seattle and back, and you know the show will will be done in time for you to catch the ferry back. That kind of thing. Um, yeah, we're making it real fan friendly on that aspect because we're from Bremerton. We know keep the yeah. babysitter yeah. hours down. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And um, we got uh, July thirteenth in Quebec City. Got more coming. I mean, we, we're working on more shows. I just don't know them all. But, yeah, and right. you can find this all out on y'all's website, which yeah. is mxpx.com. mxpx.com. So, all right, awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Mike. This is great. I'm, thanks, Mike. Thanks yeah. for having me. It's got me thinking, though. I want to interview Jackson from uh, Slick Shoes. Yeah, we should do. You know, yeah. and talk about that smoking. But I was thinking, I was like, he'll come on and be like, "So, man, was that true?" And I'll go. 
Yes, it was. I've always smoked. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.